0: business leaders listen up it's time to eliminate bad attitudes politics and distrust on your business teams it's time to change the culture of your team that means you as the leader must change it's time for you to have impact learn how from corporate consultant dave anderson on impact talk radio designed to impact high impact leaders who want to lead high impact teams it's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson with Impact Talk Radio.
1: You know they just stood there when the captains left the court. None of the other players stepped forward to lead, and it, you know it was funny, but it was sad at the same time, and it was telling. Because communication broke down and chaos followed. I was watching a high school girls basketball game, and unfortunately, I've seen this in the business world too. When the leader is gone and nobody steps forward, a bump in the road can cause a a relatively smooth team to end up in the ditch. And so why don't people step up? Well, I really think there's three reasons they don't. The first one is fear. Some people don't want to step up because they're afraid of making a mistake. These people fear their own mistakes more than they fear the team's failure. And with leadership comes responsibility. Some people are afraid of the responsibility. The thought of making a decision that could be they could be blamed for prevents them from doing anything. They hope for someone else to step up and lead and then when nobody does, they sit back and watch the chaos. The second reason people don't step up is training. Sometimes people have, haven't been trained to lead. When they see their, there's a leadership void, they expect someone with more training to step forward. Unfortunately, most companies, no one's been trained. 2014 Global Leadership Forecast point, pointed out that 14,000 leaders who they surveyed, fifth, only 15% of them felt like their, te- their companies had strong bench strength. That's one five, 15%. And the thing was they asked the same people, uh, same people and 39% of these leaders said that their company actually did an adequate job of preparing their frontline leaders for future positions. The third thing that uh, – reason why people don't step, is, step up is just because they're lazy, laziness. These people, they value their own comfort more than they value being part of a winning team. And laziness often prevents these same people, the people with the skills or the talent from leading at all. For the person who steps forward, there's going to be more work and more headaches. By the way, those headaches are usually caused by the lazy people. But for the person who steps up, there's going to be higher expectations. High expectations are something that lazy people don't want thrown on them. They're perfectly happy with just being mediocre or being a failure as long as they don't have, aren't asked to do anything beyond what they're comfortable with. I'm Dave Anderson. This is Impact Talk Radio. And you can find this show and all our shows on iTunes. And when you do, please rate our shows. Give us a rating. Make sure we shoot up the charts so other leaders can find Impact Talk Radio there. And here I interview leaders who know what they're doing. I mean, these are leaders who, they've written books. Some are famous. Some aren't famous. But they all have something that they can share about leadership. If you want to find out more about me, you can go find me on Twitter at DaveAnderson88 or check out my blogs at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com com, AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. And our, our guest today is back for a second show, and that's Jeff Boss, former Navy SEAL and author of Navigating Chaos, How to Find Certainty in Uncertain Situations. And today we're going to talk about creating leaders at all levels of your team. Why is it important and how can we do it? But let's get back to talking about why somebody doesn't step forward and lead what you can do. you got to overcome your fear. Everyone is afraid. afraid the first time they step up and lead. And risk of making a mistake is real. But the willingness to make mistakes is what separates a leader from the rest of the pack. There has never been a leader who doesn't make a mistake. See, mistakes are the prerequisite to learning. Those who don't make mistakes, they don't learn. Those that don't learn don't accomplish anything in life. And those that don't accomplish anything in life, well, they rarely claim to have a fulfilling life either. So overcome your fear. Second is initiate training. It's ironic that the same leaders leaders who say they don't have a good bench strength in their companies are the same leaders that don't invest in their people. A a team with leaders at all levels is always going to beat a team that that only has leaders at the top. Why? Because no matter what happens to a leader at any level, someone is prepared and willing to step up and lead. They're prepared because their company has invested in their growth and they're willing because they are confident that they're ready to do, uh, ready to do uh, what they need to do because of the training they received. And then you got to get rid of laziness. I really don't believe anybody grows up aspiring to be a sloth and having laziness as a habit. But laziness is a habit and we, we can change all our habits by creating new habits one decision at a time. Each time I make a decision, whether it's a positive or a negative one, it makes it easier to make that same des- decision the next time. So we've got to step up and start uh, start taking advantage of our situations to lead when those opportunities present ourselves. And these are all habits. And we're going to talk about what habits leaders need to develop and what they need to develop in their leaders at uh, other levels. And we're going to do that with Jeff Boss, as I said. And when we talk about six habits of character in my book, "Becoming a Leader of Character: Six Habits That Make or Break a Leader at Work or at Home," that book's going to be out later on in 2016. Look for it there. But we're going to be right back with Jeff Boss, and he's going to talk to us about what that meant in SEAL teams and what that means in business as well. We'll be right back.
0: This is Impact Talk Radio, a dose of reality, a dose of advice, a dose of impact solutions. Dave Anderson will be right back. Imagine if you could stop reacting and start leading because you lead a low-maintenance team. A low-maintenance team has initiative, integrity, and enthusiasm. A low-maintenance team is fun to lead because they don't bicker, play politics, or wait for you, the leader, to tell them what to do. The Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture is a step-by-step program that will eliminate bad attitudes, politics, and distrust on a team. The Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture is a video-based course that provides even the busiest leaders with practical real-life solutions that can be implemented during the whirlwind and busyness of your daily job. Watch the free introductory videos at overwhelmedmanagersguide.com and learn more about what the Overwhelmed Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture can do for busy leaders who want to lead low-maintenance teams. Get the free PDF Hiring for Character Interview Guide by going to OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com and downloading the OMG Power Pack. Don't wait. Stop reacting and start leading. Visit OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com and start building your low-maintenance team today. Welcome back to impact talk radio. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson.
1: Hey, this is show number two with the adaptability coach, Jeff Boss, who's an executive coach, a writer, an author, a speaker, former Navy SEAL, uh, and as a Navy SEAL, he was awarded four bronze stars with valor. Uh, there's a bronze star and there's a bronze star with valor, and that's the higher level of the bronze star. Obviously, two Purple Hearts, two Presidential Unit Citations, and six combat action ribbons. And since leaving the Navy SEALs, he's been he's been working in management consulting, started his own company, and now is a weekly contributor to both Forbes and Entrepreneur Online, and he's featured in Inc. Magazine and other uh, and other venues. He's also the founding team member of SEAL future fund which last show I asked I, I promised to ask about that but I didn't get to it. I'm going to ask about it today. Uh and he's a graduate of Ohio State University, a Buckeye, Master of Science, and he's got a Master of Science in Organizational Leadership from Norwich University. He is also a speaker who you can, you can book through the Harry Walker Agency, which is a well-known and prestigious uh, speaker agency, and he's the author of the book, Navigating Chaos, How to Find Certainty in Uncertain Situations. And Jeff Thank you for being back with us today to talk about leadership. And uh, as I said in the last show, thank you, my friend, for your service and for your friends who continue to serve. And my friends who are out there, if you're listening, thank you for continuing to serve as well.
2: Hey, thanks, Dave. Thank, thanks again for another great opportunity. And thank you for your service.
1: Uh, I was blessed to be with a lot of good men and women who uh, who kept me out of trouble, that's for sure. Um, hey, let me ask you, what – Obviously, you and I have run into different types of leaders, good ones, bad ones, average ones. What are some of the key traits you believe make a great leader, That someone that you want to follow, that Jeff Boss wants to follow? Good question. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is humility. Um, I, I think
2: I said in, in the last show that, that if, you're, if you're so great at, at one thing, then you don't really need to tell everybody because they already know through your behavior. Yeah, so yeah. humility – Humility is something that resonates with me because, because it's so it's – so, um, it, it, it doesn't exist everywhere, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm sure in your experience, Dave, in, um, in the military and in business that there, there's not exactly a, a, uh, a lack of humility. Um, it, qu- probably quite the opposite. In, uh, in, I've seen the same thing in the team. So uh, humble leaders are, are, are ones who are, are definitely uh, inspiring to me. Um second second one would be not so much a trait but a but a behavioral pattern and that's being consistent. Uh-huh. Consistently showing up, being accountable, being trustworthy, um and, and just just consistently being the leader that that you that you are and delivering the value that you're capable of delivering consistently.
1: You know the interesting thing about that topic of humility uh and uh I mention it in in our book, but I know you talk about uh humility in your book as well. It is such a misunderstood that people think of humility as almost a negative a, a negative trait and uh or that you can't be confident and humble at the same time, and I think that's just a lie that you know some the best leaders are confident and humble at the same time. Yeah,
2: God, you, you hit it around the head. I've noticed that too. I, I've noticed that that when the term humility comes up, that people see it as almost being too passive or yeah. not aggressive enough, you know, and that they have to be the opposite to be seen as effective in in business. And it's so not true, you know. I, I mean, if, if you were to ask them, well, what what leaders, what arrogant leaders, inspire you? I I would wonder what names would come to the surface because arrogance isn't exactly something that's inspiring.
1: Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is Google synonyms for humility and you're going to find some sites that have synonyms for humility, things like weakness and, and passivity. I mean, which is just, it blew my mind when I did that one time and I, I couldn't believe that Humility was laid out as such a negative, uh, uh, as an as such a negative term. Where in fact it's, you know, this it actually is a strength. And when you find a leader who can be humble and confident at the same time, I mean, who can't get behind that person?
2: <laughs> I, I know, and, and even uh, I'm sure you've read Jim Collins Good good, great. Oh yeah. Oh. You know the, the level five leadership that he cites in those. He actually, you know, offers metrics behind it that the most effective CEOs were the ones who demonstrated humility. Right. So, you, to me, that's just it's in, it's inarguable, um, and it has the data to back it up. So,
1: well, let me ask you this because we were, I told people we were going to talk a little bit about uh, the building leaders throughout a team, and I mentioned that you know that some people. You know, look at leadership in in the military, and they maybe think of the you know Patton or something. Yeah, they think it's this autocratic leader that's at the top, and everybody are just their minions, and they're running around doing whatever the leader says. But that's totally not the case, is it? No, oh my, it's so
2: opposite. Yeah, it, it is so opposite. I think what shapes people's perspective is is Hollywood. Quite yeah, a bit. you know, yeah, they, they just don't know any better. You know, no, nothing against them, but but it's just the perceptions that are formed uh, based on the media they're exposed to. So I I did, I did, uh, I had a talk with somebody last week who asked me, you know, if I could say no to a leader who told me to shoot somebody when I was in the military. I was like, (laughs) what are you talking about? (laughs) Nobody tells me to shoot anybody. I shoot somebody because one, they're a threat to me, or they're, they're a threat to the person next to me. Or they're threats to the mission. So and and, and it, it was just completely, completely, uh, you know, just baffling to to that person that uh, that free choice reigned, you know, above above hierarchy.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, and it, it, and you know, it goes back to what we. Kind of what we talked about last uh, uh, in our last show too. We were talking about the values that, and being able to operate off of your values. And the military has values that that are built into it as well. And and uh, a lot of those are about protecting innocent lives and doing and and integrity and and those type of things. And you, you're not going to do something against those values just because you got a knucklehead leader who may who may say you need to do it.
2: Yeah, no, no, you're, you're exactly right. In fact, in fact, just to dispel that myth, when I went through a select, selection criteria for, uh, for another command in the, uh, in the teams, the first thing they did uh, in this, in this uh, selection and training was eliminate the senior leaders, eliminate all the officers, senior enlisted, and put the most junior-ranking personnel in charge of the team just to show that it's not position and it's not tenure that your leadership effectiveness is based on character and who you are, right? It's not, it's not your position. It's, it's who you are that instills the value for others to act. And and that was a, a pretty um, <coughs> powerful message that went against everything else in the military, uh, even in the uh, other teams I've been
1: in before that. Uh, that that's a great, that, that's a great example because I mean, it is, uh, I tell people, you know, that whole hierarchy that, you know, do what the guy at the top says and everybody else just kind of marches marches forward into the machine gun. Uh that that went out that went out way even before Napoleon uh time Napoleonic times and the, of course there were machine guns there but let's not get let's not uh, split hairs. Uh but the point <laughs> is uh point is that we all need leaders we need leaders at all levels of our organizations. And the best teams, whether or not be the best SEAL teams or whether or not it be the best sales teams, have leaders at all levels. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so why, why is that important, in, in, whether it's in combat or in business, to have people who think like leaders everywhere? Because to,
2: to, me, to me, leadership, one – the the leader at the helm, so to speak, just can't they they can't get their tentacles out to to reach out and touch everybody equally, yeah. yep. right? So they have to they have to transcend that value through the ranks. And to me, leadership is is authentic self expression that resonates with others that that creates impact and value for others for them to go act. And so they they have to transcend that value through the ranks. And I, I say ranks, you, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, but. The, the way they do that or the way to do that is to is one to to understand the, the guiding values that, that guide you the team the organization and two the decision making that, that guides that person's behavior you know so knowing what the knowing how people um, in teams decide two levels above you and two levels below you are are the you know the the ammo that 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 propel that sort of leadership effectiveness to uh, transcend throughout
1: the ranks. So let's, uh, let, let's, let's unpack this a little bit further here. So, uh, you obviously got senior, senior leadership in the seal, in the seal teams. You have senior, senior, uh, non-commissioned offer, officer leadership. But then you, you were saying that they were expecting even though, even the younger seals to be prepared to lead. Let's just say, God forbid a man goes, uh, the, the men above them go down. Um, So how in business, how do you try to speak to the people that you consult with, that you work with? And and how do you try to help them to prepare those same people in the business world, those not yet leaders by title? Those people who don't have the title yet. How do you try to help them get them ready for leadership so when the time comes, they're ready and they're not just waiting and they're not waiting for training?
2: Yeah. So as a coach – so the difference between coaching and consulting for, for the audience out there, um, the, the coaches are 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 ones who who uh, ask powerful questions for their clients to to for for their clients to come to insights on their own, whereas consultants deliver a uh, d- deliver an answer on a silver platter and say, "Hey, you should do this." Um, I nothing, they're just different approaches. I am, am a coach, and so as a coach, I ask the clients those questions. So that they come to those answers on themselves, so that they know, they realize what they what they need to do as leaders to to raise their people in that light. Uh-huh. So, if they, it also builds their empathy as well to uh, ask them to place themselves in their shoes of their of their direct reports or peers or, or, or whomever. Uh, what would you need? You know, what would you need to be effective? How does your leader make decisions? Well, I don't know. Well, if you don't know, then how can you offer them the, the best, the, the best solutions, the, the best recommendations? Um, so, so questioning and curiosity to me are just are huge.
1: Hmm. So, so you're sitting there with a uh, leader, and uh, they bring they've brought you in their. Uh, they realize that maybe, like I said in the opening, that maybe they don't. their bench strength is not prepared to take over uh, if need be. Uh, how, do you go about, how do you go about what questions do you ask them and things? W- what questions should the people out there who are listening right now and they're looking at their bench strength, wondering if their bench strength is ready, what questions would you be asking them?
2: First question that comes to my mind is if there's a, if there's a question as to whether or not the bench strength is there, then I would ask why? Why isn't it? What? Why is the bench strength not there? Um, I, I I like the I like the phrase or the uh, sort sort of moniker for uh, hiring for character, training for competence, and coaching for performance. So uh-huh. if you're, if the bench strength isn't there, the question is why? You know if you're when so so an example is when you when you when you cited earlier, God forbid somebody goes down. In the teams, well, uh, you know, I've been in the situations where where uh, a team team leader was killed. Uh, the second number two in charge had to step up, and, and he had to step up because um, there has to be some sort of direction, and some somebody has to has to make decisions uh, for the rest of the team. And he he does so because of of his character that he's he's willing to step up, um, and he knows the the direction for the. Uh, the, the the ultimate purpose of of the mission. So when it goes back to asking the right questions, my first question would be what what's the criteria for having a strong bench benchmark? What does a strong bench look like? Um and if it isn't there, then
1: one, why not? And two, how can you build it? Right. So getting those uh so when you're working in in the in the seal uh, as seals when you were working and uh you were a junior guy at one point and uh you know was there somebody who was there a a a program or, or was it a once a once a year type leadership thing or what <laughs> you, you know where i'm going with this what uh, was it a once a year let's do a leadership retreat type deal or was it uh no this is who we are and what we do this is our culture
2: yeah, we get around the fire, sing stories and stuff like that. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely the culture because because the the selection criteria for seals, as you know, is pretty is pretty uh, it's pretty rough. Um, but that's the that sort of training shapes the person um that you need for for that job, and it's no different in business. That's why you you hire for for the right character for fit. I uh, trained them for competence, coached them for, for performance. Um, mm-hmm. when, you know, I might ask you to repeat that question because my mind completely went blank. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no, that's fine. I, my mind goes blank all the time. And, uh-huh. and sometimes I'm in front of a thousand people, uh-huh. uh, which is always uh, problematic. We got about a minute left here before we go into our, our next break. And I, w- I was just wondering, you know, about, yeah, I was leading you into the thought that this was a cultural type thing. The developing of people was a cultural type thing. It wasn't an event thing. It was in a cultural type thing, and that's that's what I experienced in the military. And I feel like uh, your experience in the SEALs is probably takes takes that to a whole other level.
2: Yeah, it, it is. It is. You know, the the people that you bring into your culture is gonna, are going to be defining elements of that culture. So you bring in one toxic element, and and then all of a sudden you have you know a toxin running around. Yeah. So. Um, you know identifying that right fit in the in the character that 's going to fit into that culture and the and the ultimate purpose of the of the team the culture the mission you know what have you it's it 's everything it 's yeah. everything and when that person goes against the grain of the culture then it's you know that 's when accountability uh, needs to rise to the surface and it needs to be nipped in the bud immediately because if it, it doesn 't then it shows that that sort of behavior is acceptable
1: yeah. Yeah, it's a great point, and we're, we're going to uh, go into our break here well, on that point. Whatever we allow to happen in our organization, that's our standards. Not what we claim our standards to be. It's what we allow, the behaviors that we allow to happen. That's our true standards. So I can claim one thing, but if I claim one thing and I allow other things to happen, that's the true standard. And so we got to make sure that when we say there's a standard there, we hold, we hold it uh, out there for everybody to include ourselves. We're going to be right back with Jeff. Boss for our last five minutes here. I'm going to ask Jeff to talk a little bit about the SEAL Future Fund and how to get in contact with him. And we'll be right back after this message. This is
0: Impact Talk Radio. Learn more on Dave Anderson's blog at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. Stay with us. Back after these. Passionate, dynamic, funny, straightforward, and down-to-earth are all words used to describe Dave Anderson as a speaker and a
1: trainer. You know, people ask me, Dave, why not sales training? And I always say, you know, I could do sales training, and I do periodically. I did it for 20 years. But if I help somebody become a better salesperson, it's like helping somebody become a better accountant or a better engineer. Those skills, they stay at work when somebody heads home at night. But if I help them become a better leader at work... They go home, they're a better husband, a better father, a better mother, a better wife, better in their community, better in their ministries. I truly believe that leadership is what this world needs, whether it's at work or in our families. And if I can impact that during my lifetime, I know that I will have fulfilled my purpose before I meet my maker. If you want to book Impact Talk Radio host
0: Dave Anderson as a speaker at your next meeting or convention... Or if you would like to discuss leadership development training opportunities with Dave, email him directly at dave at alslead.com. That's dave at alslead.com. You can also follow Dave on Twitter at DaveAnderson88 and also on LinkedIn. Watch a video of Dave speaking at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. Leaders, if you want an engaged audience that walks away inspired and ready to become the leaders they were meant to be, Contact Dave Anderson via email at dave at ALS Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. No fluff, just straight talk with impact solutions for high-impact leaders. Here's Dave Anderson.
1: Hey, we're back with Jeff Boss, and we've got our last five minutes of our show here. And I wanted to make sure that Jeff had an opportunity, and I'm interested in hearing, and I want you all to hear about the SEAL Future Fund that, uh, that he's one of the founding team members of. What is a SEAL f- Future Fund, and what is that meant to do?
2: The SEAL Future Fund is a nonprofit. Uh, it's designed to help transitioning and former SEALs integrate and apply their lessons learned, their experiences, their acumen in, into business. Um, it serves well, not just business, but but we also help them with uh, with financial assistance for education, uh, guidance and mentorship, and networking opportunities that they just don't have uh, when you're working in such a, a tightly woven bubble for you know how long you're in the teams. Um, when you, as you know, you know relationships drive everything, Dave. You know right. they're, they're everything, um, and fortunately, unfortunately. In the seals, um, you're you're so laser focused because you have to be top operate at at, a, at that at that level that you you just don't have the opportunity for exposure to build networks and relationships outside of that bubble. So when when guys get out, the uh, you know that there's a common tendency to fall to what they know best, which is carrying a gun or working in security yeah, or doing yeah. some sort of security consulting. But they don't have to because the, the mindset that they bring in, in, in terms of uh, decision making, communication, teamwork, you know, everything that, that you talk about on your show, um, that's what businesses you know, s- succeed upon. It, it's not just the semantics of carrying a gun or, or security. Th- th- those are inconsequential. The means by which they get there, as I, I know I've said, too, uh, all the same. So that's what we help them uh, translate.
1: That 's an awesome that 's awesome because I had not thought of that be, you know uh, the unique situation the seals do find themselves in because they are such a specialized group and do operate. A lot just amongst themselves where me coming into the, the general army, uh, I have a whole large network coming coming out there. So that that's a great thing. And you mentioned something. You mentioned about some of these traits. And I wanted, want you to touch on – I asked you last show, but I wanted you to touch on again more about why businesses – You know what? What's the military mindset, and why is the military mindset so advantageous for businesses, Uh, and why should they be looking at veterans to uh, fill fill roles in their businesses?
2: Yeah, I think well, one (laughs) diversity of thought and, and experience because that just percolates new ideas. But more than anything, it's it's sharing that mindset because when you work closely closely next to someone, attitude is contagious, right? Personality is contagious, mindset. Is contagious. So when you look at, at uh, say, responsibility, for example, um, you know somebody in, and I hate to, to uh, uh, you know, just just blanket business um, with with not with not assuming responsibility, but compared with the military, it's it's just a different uh, level, I, I would suppose. Um, in the military, you have to be responsible because. Because uh, you know lives and, and mission depend on it. Not to say that you can't, you know, has to be responsible in business, but there's a different you know value associated with it. Anyway, response, response, being responsible. If you you know go back to Stephen Covey's definition, which is to me still, still, uh, it still prevails. It's being response able. You know, it's it's the ability and, and willingness to respond to. To a challenge, to a question, to to uh, to a decision. It's being. I'm sorry. Go
1: ahead. I was going to say, yeah. And you know, we talked about last show these after action reviews because you are asked in those things: what happened, what 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 could we have done different, what should we learn here? And you are in the military. Basically, you make a mistake you're expected to learn from it and that becomes part of who you are. And, and then you get to add these people into your own culture who already think like that and they can start changing the view of maybe some people around you that, or that you've hired who are highly competent, but they don't like taking responsibility for anything that goes wrong.
2: Right. Right. And you just mentioned something that, that I was going to um, uh, refer to it as well, as far as the military mindset goes. You mentioned expecting to learn. And, and with that, the more, you, the more you learn, you know, one of the things that, that I think define a military mindset uh, from business is the expectation to win. Because yeah. when you leave the wire, you know, when you go out and, and you, you take it to the enemy, or whatever you're doing, you're not going out expecting to lose. Right. Because right. Losing, losing has different connotations out there. Yeah. You expect to win. You, yeah. you put your, your video game on pause or you, you close your, you know, just lay your book down. And you expect to come back to it later.
1: Well, oh, that's awesome. Hey, Jeff, I want to say thank you for being here, coming back for a second show and talking about building leaders throughout your teams and at every level and not just the people who have the title of leader. Uh, and if you're, if you're interested in getting in contact with Jeff, you can go to his website, www.adaptabilitycoach.com. You can also, uh, Jeff, how, can they, how else can they get in touch with you?
2: They can find me on Twitter, at Boss 9 or LinkedIn, just my name, Jeff Boss, and uh, that's it. Thanks a lot, Dave.
1: Thank you, Jeff, and uh, hey, everybody out there, stop reacting and start leading. Have a great day.